two gospels. Is there many ways to be saved according to the scriptures? Did Peter, Paul teach the same gospel? Did they use the same concepts and the same wording when they ministered to others? Was both of them under the law? Was Peter under the law? Was Paul under the law? Are we under the law? Hmm. How about this? Did Jesus teach under the law? There's some contradictions in the Bible. Did you know that? There's really some contradictions in the Bible if you just read your Bible. Let me say that again. You will find contradictions in the Word of God if you just read the word of God. Joe, what do you mean? Many religions and many faiths always or often say that the Bible has many contradictions in them. And there are. Especially when it comes to the King James. And there are. That is true. But what is not true, what is not true, or what they are missing is, part of that is true. Because the only way you would think there is contradictions in the Bible is if you don't study your Bible, rightly divide it. Let me say that again. There's only, the only reason you will say any faith or even some believers or denominations, they won't admit it, that they found contradictions in the Bible, especially the King James Bible, is because we do not study the Bible rightly divided. <clears throat> Many churches believe there are, they are, but are they really when it comes to denominations, when it comes to sects, when it comes to religions, and when it comes to traditions? The importance of studying the Bible is vital for the believer. Not that important for the church goer because they follow a traditional type of doctrine. Not the sound doctrine. They follow a traditional type of doctrine. We all did. So we mostly was going by the teachings of our pastors or ministers or guests or whoever was at our church. Correct? It's times that I read the Bible and I seen contradictions. 
a half. And this and the, and the powerful thing about it, it brung doubt. I never doubted God, and I never doubted God's word. But I did see contradictions. But I found out later that it was not the word of God's fault. It was my interpretation and my understanding that I was taught. It's why it brought a, 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 a confusion and a doubt when it came to reading the Bible. You must be honest with yourself because I'm not the only one. Okay? Now, the reason I'm saying this is, do you want to, do you want to stay like that? Do you really want to understand your Bible? I have many teachings in Connecting the Dots on my show that, uh, Teaches you how to rightly divide God's words. Teach you about the programs. The two different programs. To try to get you out of confusion. Now there's many other uh, dispensational rightly divided teaching out there. I'm not the only one. I'm at least of them. I just started. So I'm still green. But I have other guests and other people on here teaching on my podcast. In audio that is. Trey Searcy. Justin Johnson. And so far, Ray Knight, I even had Michael McDaniel, and just a few of my had teaching on different uh, uh, topics and subjects out of the Word of God. All you have to do is go back and search Connecting the Dots if you really want to understand the Word of God. Okay, where I'm going with this. What I have done myself is... I heard when I first started learning how to rightly divide God's word. This is my personal, little personal testimony. When I first started hearing uh, about God's word, uh, because I was I, I was confused more than I thought. You know, I, I've been saved for years, over thirty over thirty something years, close to thirty five years, but I only been rightly divided close to about four years. Like I I gave a testimony on one of my I think it was probably Body Christ Real Talk, but uh. So it was like a rejuvenation. It was like a, a red pill. Or it was just like, man, I, I woke up when I found out when I found out that uh, because I never stopped searching, I knew something was wrong. The Bible wasn't not making a lot of sense to me. You know, I had I read different translations, mainly the Living Bible. I haven't read a lot of translations because I wasn't interested. And I always felt the King James was the best translation, you know, in my opinion. And I'm gonna stand on that. Uh, but I did not never admit that I did not understand it, you know, or I thought the things that I did understand because I was responsible. I've done a lot of Bible teaching or group sessions and stuff like that, you know, sale groups and stuff like that. I taught in a pulpit. I ministered in a pulpit in churches, you know, and stuff like that. But at the same time, as I think about it, man, how many people was led astray by my teaching? I don't, I feel kind of bad about it, but I don't feel guilty because it was not my fault. It was out of ignorance, but I do feel bad, but it could, because I, I, I should have, I should have searched more and whatever like that about different things like that. But I remember I always had a desire and a love and a, and a, a, a exciting, something exciting when I, when I read the words of Apostle Paul, it was something about the Apostle Paul. I just cannot pinpoint it. 
What makes him so different? I never put two or two together. I was deceived. I was delusioned by Satan and other traditional denominational teachings. And uh, But I always had a passion to learn more about the Apostle Paul and his teachings. Years, years, man. I mean, wow. When I was in uh, the holiness churches and denominational churches and the word of faith movements, man, there was something about Paul's teaching that stood out. I couldn't pinpoint. I thought I knew about it, but I just could not pinpoint it, man. It was just something about the teachings of the Apostle Paul. I said, man, this guy's bold, man. He, boy, he be on it, man. But I never put all that time. I just thought he was preaching the same thing as Peter now. But he always seemed to stand alone even then. And I used to wonder why it seemed to, it was always a separation for him and Peter and others. But I never put all that together. Why he was a separation between him and the 12 disciples. They seemed to separate. But I just assumed that they was teaching the same thing. Why was Paul getting persecuted for what he was teaching? You know, I put a lot of emphasis on that. It was something different about the teachings of the apostle Paul. Why did Jesus leave him that way? I don't, I don't know. I was, I was, it was confused. But I never put two and two together. I just believe what my ministers taught me and my pastors taught me, you know, you know, when I was saved, I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, before then, but I'm talking about when I was saved. And, uh, and I went with that. Then I started learning what they have taught me. Then I stopped finding out things myself because I always had an itch and a desire and a passion to do that myself, you know, through my salvation years. You know, I always believed in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, even though I didn't know that was the only way to be saved. <laughs> really? You know, I teach, the, I taught the kingdom program and everything like that. So I've been saved for years because I always believe that, you know, God knows who's really saved. He knows what's really in your heart when it comes to salvation. If you don't have a total whole grasp and a full belief of who Jesus was or what he done, you're not saved because if you might not even know that the, the way to be saved, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, is the only way to be saved today. But that does not mean you don't believe that he died and was buried and rose again for our sins to be saved. You don't put all that to be together. You knew you had to believe that, but you didn't think that as me, let me speak for myself, for the gospel only for today of being salvation. I did not know that. So I mixed up the uh, the kingdom program and I mixed up what I was taught about confessing my sins, going up to the altar every Sunday. And you know what I'm talking about repenting the overnight fastings and uh, well the prayers or whatever like that feeling guilty and everything had to ask the Lord to forgive me for my sins every time I sin kept the sin news sin news on my head through my salvation trying to stay clean trying to confess my sins I was thinking about man I can't be sinning and going to hell then I then I learned about the assurance of salvation so I didn't believe that no more I knew I was still going to heaven but I still felt I had to confess my sins not so much believing I won't go to heaven anymore I grew out of that you know, so I started understanding my assurance of salvation I got that out of Paul's teaching but unconsciously, I didn't even know that, that it was only Paul that I got that type of teaching from. I just felt it was all the whole Bible because I was taught that way. So I was putting Gospels together. Gospel just means good news. So there's several Gospels in the Bible, but I was putting them all together like a gumbo, as Les Felder used to always say. Okay, where I'm going with this. First of all, this is Joseph Brownlee. 
you're a renter <laughs> of connecting the dots. Let's connect the dots. Let's literally connect the dots today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my show. Little announcement I'm going to make right now, then I'm going to get back to what I'm trying to do here. You know, it's for you all. You know, I'm going, I'm teaching out of the book of Genesis, the early chapters. And I have stopped for a while because, you know, this or that. I have stopped for a while. Not because I didn't have no desire or I just couldn't find no more material or stuff like that, you know, because the Bible speaks for itself. It was just I just got bogged down with other things. I can't even make up no excuses. And I have done other things. I just done a teaching on the uh, Romans 4 through 8, chapters 4 through 8. You know, which is some good teachings. I just got through with those teachings. So uh, if you want to know about Romans, about your position and your possessions in Christ and where you stand and what happened before and after the cross, you will get that out of the teachings of Romans 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. And I advise everyone to read the whole 16 chapters of Romans if you are a believer, if you are saved. That is strictly, I go with the Romans road, but I might look at it in a different way than others do. But that is the road of knowing your salvation and what happened on the cross and before the cross. It's nothing like Romans. You can also learn about Israel more and the postponement of Israel's program through nine and a few chapters after that. So Romans road is a good teaching for the church, the body of Christ. No doubt. And one day I will do, Lord's willing, a teaching on the whole 16 chapters of Romans. But I must do my study. I don't just read. I'm not a reader. I'm a studier. So I study what I read. I don't, I don't just read. I think you, reading is good if you can understand what's going on. You know, but just knowing what a book is about and what the body of Christ, what it is for the church today, is very 100% more important than just reading the scriptures. You must study, and you must understand it, okay? All right. Why did I go all around about that way? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Connecting the Dots. Canatuno las puntos, canatuno las puntos. Espanol, hola, 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 como esta? Hello, everyone. All right. The reason I went that route because I know I, it's a lot of teachers to both of my programs, uh, which includes uh, uh, the Body of Christ Real Talk as well. I'm doing a teaching on Genesis. I'm, I'm just going everywhere today. Y'all see me? I'm just, man, hitting there, hitting there, going everywhere, man, because I get excited. Book of Genesis, the early chapters. And I will be continuing out of Rome, I mean, uh, Genesis 3, and I'm going to start maybe about the 13th verse, I believe, when it comes to Genesis. But I haven't forgot about Genesis because I'm going to be getting back on that. It's just been postponed or just set back because of other things that I'm teaching about. I don't know if it's from the Holy Spirit, talking to my spirit, or what, or the passion that I need the desk to get out there, or it might be because of how relevant it is. The whole God is... God's word, God's word is important. Don't get me wrong, but the way I've been going here and there with the scriptures, I have no idea. But I just been teaching on this, and I go back. And I guess it's, it's probably because of my learning and different things like that. I don't know, but I believe it's just a passion, or I believe it might be the Holy Spirit within me, just uh, telling me what I need to teach on or where I need to go. But I don't know. I'm not going to say that I do. But the word of God and teaching is getting out. Let's put it that way. But I will begin back to Genesis, the early chapters, okay? <clears throat> That's basically a historical teaching. 
not a sound doctrine or a principle teaching today for us today, but it's a historical teaching. That's why I believe the Holy Spirit is just leading me within my spirit to preach on what's going on for the church today. You know, it's more important to teach what's going on with the church today. So when that happens, oh, I just feel that, and I'm not basing everything on feelings. That's where I go when it comes to teaching the Word of God. Now, I've also been teaching on events, worldly events going on when it comes to connect, I mean, body of Christ, real talk, especially the the vaccines and stuff like that. That's very important, too, because, you know, within the last two years, if you never know, please go back. If you haven't heard, excuse me, go back to uh, body of Christ, real talk. You can find out and listen to some some stuff that I got on there that might shock a lot of you if you go back there to bodyofchristrealtalk.com, bodyofchristrealtalk.com. Com. No special letters or nothing you need. Just bodyofchristrealtalk.com or go to Spotify if you got Spotify. Uh, if you got Spotify, which are the owners of the host that I use here, Anchor, go to Spotify and look for Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. You will find it faster with the podcast. Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. You see that little art, yellowish, and that's me. Go there and uh, and. Keep, and that will keep you up on what's going on, what's really going on, real news, you know, with all this other junk that's been going on for the last two years, Body of Christ, Real Talk. But this is a Bible study program here, strictly Bible. I don't get into the other topics and worldly events on this station. This is relevant for the saved, mainly the saved only, but the unsaved is welcome to it as well. You know, because the, the 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 goal is for them to get saved. But the thing that I do here is Bible study. So let me digress. Let me go back. That's the short announcement I have to make. I haven't forgot about Genesis. I just felt that other things, uh, you know, took prudence over prudence over that and uh, of what's relevant for salvation and the church today. But I haven't. I'm getting back on the historical teaching on Genesis. All right. What I'm going to do right now. Uh, and I, what I want you to do first of all, be have a pen, have your Bible, preferably the King James Bible. This is yeah, King James very important for these teachers. Sorry to tell you, but if you have another one, that's okay. But preferably the King James Bible, uh, because I'm I'm going to be hitting a lot of scriptures. I don't know if I can get through this because I have many scriptures. This is of scriptural teaching, straight out scriptures connecting the dots. So I'll be using a lot of scriptures. I've done all this studying myself. I looked at these scriptures myself because there's nothing like reading it and just paying attention to wording. I, I was taught this way, you know, by listening to different uh, teachers like Les Feldick and Trey Searcy, mainly those two, and Jason uh, Justin Johnson of Grace Ambassadors. A lot of you never heard of these teacher, teachers, but they're outstanding teachers. They're mid-acts teachers and dispensational teachers, you know. I don't call myself a mid-acts or a dispensational teacher. I just call myself a child of God that's ministry, that teaches his word, and I follow the mid-acts type of teaching if you want to go that route, but you don't want to get caught up so much in names like mid-ax and dispensational because it becomes another denominational or set coat type of name if you don't or traditional name if you don't catch yourself so i don't want to get caught up on that this is just the bible taught rightly divided you know i always put emphasis on that okay 
what I'm going to be teaching on, scripturalized, these are scriptures, not going to be me. I'm going to look at the differences and the teachings of Jesus, earthly teachings when it comes to the gospel, and uh, the 12 disciples, mainly Peter, you know, and this will be a continuation, you know, a continuation. It's going to take a few segments before I get back to Genesis. And when I feel an auction to do something before Genesis, that's what I do. Because like I said, Genesis is historical. You know, it's not really for today, but it's for our learning of learning what happened in the beginning. You know, very important too, but probably not as important of learning about, you know, the gospel today because many people in churches are confused about the gospel and they think the whole Bible is for them and we need to obey and listen to every type of thing that's in the Bible for us, which is not true. And I'm going to prove that with scriptural, scripture, scriptural, with scriptures. Okay. What I want to do now, I want to talk about, first of all, I'm going to get deep into scriptural sayings. What do you mean by that, Joe? When it comes to salvation, what, what, what must a person do to be saved and different things that Jesus earthly, on his earthly ministry, what he talked about when he came to the gospel and the 12 compared to the apostle Paul. Now, I don't mean they're separated because what Paul is teaching is also taught by Jesus. So I'm going to just show you two programs and the two different ways that Jesus taught when it came to Peter and the 12 and apostle Paul. They are not the same. They're not the same. Let me say that again. They're not the same. Okay, <clears throat> and I'm going to let you listen to script. There's a lot of scriptures. Now, I'm going to tell you in advance, and this is incredible, and I, and I looked this up myself. I heard about it, but I looked it up myself. Matthew itself. Jesus mentioned, first of all, let me, let me give you a format. I'm going to be talking about the kingdom of heaven gospel compared to the gospel of the grace of God. The two programs, scriptural wise. I've never done this before. I talked about it and I read a few scriptures, but just having scriptures should give you an idea that they, they taught two different things when it came to uh, Jesus' earthly ministry and Jesus' heavenly ministry. When Jesus was on earth and when Jesus went to heaven. When he taught uh, Israel, the kingdom of heaven program, gospel is different from Jesus when he was in heaven. He taught the apostles. The, the gospel of grace to the apostle for the Gentiles. Jews and the Gentiles have two different ways to get saved. One is for mostly Israel only and the other is for Gentiles and some Jews. And the reason I say some Jews, because most Jews will not accept this, is going to be mostly Gentiles. Okay, I know that sounds confusing. But this is going to help the believers, new and old, that listen to my podcast, all my curiosity listeners, it's going to help you to understand that there is two ways that they're taught. They are not the same, and it's for, like that on purpose, okay, when it comes to the Jews and the Gentiles, when it comes to Israel and the body of Christ. They are not the same. They, not, they, they didn't get saved the same way. We didn't get saved the same way. One is going to be on earth, and when the other one is going to be in the heavenly places in heaven, you know. 
One that's going to reign on earth in the millennium kingdom, a thousand years and from uh, and uh, ages to come, thousand years and the fullness of times. One is going to reign in the heavenly places. Are they going to be interchangeable back and forth? I don't really think so, but I don't know because the Bible does not talk about that. And uh, but one group, the kingdom of heaven, they're going to rule on earth. Israel, the twelve tribes which is going to be ruled by the 12 apostles, Jesus told them. They're going to be in charge of the 12 tribes of Israel. The body of Christ that's been taught by the Apostle Paul, the gospel of the grace of God, which you can find in Acts 20 and uh, 24, which is, tells you, that's, that's really the, uh, a full saying of Paul saying the gospel of the grace of God in Acts 20 and 24. I said 24 and 24, there was an error. And one of my last podcasts, and like I said, I'll be when I tell you I think that means I don't have it right there, and I'm just guessing. But I correct myself. It's Acts 20 and 24, not Acts 24 and 24. When you find a um, gospel of the grace of God, it's Acts 20 and 24. My correction, my error. It's not Acts 24 and 24. Okay, all right. That's very important that we get these scriptures right. All right, that's what I'm going to be doing, and what the time I have. If I can get 25 more minutes uh, right now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to get your Bible ready, get your pen ready if you don't have a Bible, and please write these scriptures down and go over this podcast over and over and over and write these scriptures down. But like, let me digress. The kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? That's the, that's the earthly kingdom that's going to be on earth. It's somewhat of a replica of uh, the Bible, Second King, the Jews' Second King, Israel's Second King, which was King David. Who was the first king? King Saul. King Saul, then David. David was the promised king. King Saul is the king that the Jews wanted. Let me say this again. King David was the prophesied promised king. David, the slave Goliath. King Saul, Israel's first king, was the people's king. What Israel wanted because they wanted to copy the Gentiles who had kings. They didn't want to follow under God, who was there, who led with a theocracy. They wanted a physical king, so King Saul was ushered in because that's what man wanted. David is who God chose. That's a big difference, okay? But Jesus came out of the lineage of the genealogy of King David. So the kingdom of heaven is the future kingdom for Israel, that promised kingdom for Israel, okay? Now I'm going somewhere with this, so this, this is just a little basic breakdown. So that's what the kingdom of heaven is. Now, now the kingdom of heaven is coming down out of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is Christ's millennium reign. Millennium, he's going to reign a thousand years on earth. All this is the hope where, where Israel is looking for and was prophesied by the prophets. Ezekiel, Isaiah, you know, Jeremiah, Daniel, even John the Baptist and Malachi and all those, you know, uh, major and minor prophets, okay? And the Old Testament was prophesying about the kingdom. Always was prophesied on earth. Israel was never looking to go to heaven. God didn't talk about them going to heaven. He talked about their reign on earth. So they always knew, the majority of them, that they always knew that their dwelling in the future, even the ones in time past, was going to be on earth and they will have a kingdom on earth. I'm paraphrasing now. 
a kingdom on earth. I'm giving you a little history before I do this teaching. Okay? Uh, so, this is just, I'm just giving you a picture now. This is a story, a short story. Israel always looked for a kingdom on earth. Israel, Judah, the 12 tribes and everything like that. Even from the promises of Abraham in Genesis 12, Genesis 17. Where God promised these, uh, about he's going to be the father of all nations. Future Gentiles when it came to the nation. But it's, only, it's going to be always through Israel. Why? Because of the fall and the disobedience of the Gentiles. When did that happen, Joe? That happened when God destroyed the earth the first time through water in the days of Noah. Okay? In the days of Noah, I think it starts in Genesis 5. In the days of Noah, okay? So, the disobedience of the Gentiles, God created a, a, a single nation, which is called the Jews, out of a Gentile, Abraham. To make a long story short, you can, you can study this stuff yourself or look it up. But I'm just making a little cliff note of it. And then, out of that generation of Abraham came the Jews, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then the 12 tribes, and whatever, and so on, and the future, and stuff like that. It was always set up for Israel to have a kingdom on earth. Started with the nations, the Gentiles. They got destroyed. Their disobedience, then God was going to fulfill, fulfill this. Now, the Gentiles was not never out of the, part, uh, the, uh, the picture in the future, that old nation was destroyed, the old Gentiles. The Bible didn't call them Gentiles too much then, but there was Gentile in name. Canaan came a little bit later, but you know what the Bible was saying about that. Uh, came later. But anyway, Israel was always promised a kingdom on earth. That's very important to know and to understand. Let's say this again. Israel was always promised a kingdom on earth. Never Heaven. Never to go to heaven. That was always the body of Christ. That was only through Paul's teaching that talked about going to heaven. Did you know that? Excuse me. That's a little difference that you know now and you never paid attention to. When Jesus came on earth, let's go back to the prophecy. When they prophesied, all those prophets I mentioned, they talked about the kingdom. Isaiah breaks down the looks. He breaks down what's going to go on. He breaks down the coming Messiah. He breaks down the coming king. For Israel, it's all about Israel. 95 and 98%, and I say 95% of the Bible is about Israel and their program. The rest is about the body of Christ, the church under the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote more books in the Bible than any other player. In the Bible, he wrote 13 books. Nobody else wrote as many books as the Apostle Paul. 13 letters Paul wrote. Moses wrote five books Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Only five, but they are longer, they have more verses. But Paul wrote more books. How could you ignore someone that wrote more books? God had Paul to write 13 letters to who? The Gentiles. Time passed, the books of Moses and everybody else was for who? Israel. You had a few exceptions with Gentiles in both programs, and Jews in both programs, in Paul's program. But the majority of the Bible is for Israel and their millennium future kingdom. 
promises through time past, Old Testament, the wilderness church, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, signs, wonders, miracles, tithing, baptisms, speaking in different languages, Israel, the kingdom program, miraculous signs and wonders, Israel, the kingdom program, under the Jews, Israel, walking by faith, life, death, the body of Christ, in Christ, baptized in Christ, saved by grace, believing by grace, the body of Christ, through the Apostle Paul, Jesus' heavenly ministry for the Gentiles. Do you see where I'm going with this? You can't crisscross. You cannot crisscross. It does not work. People have lived and died crisscrossing, putting the kingdom of the heaven program, which is Israel's program, together with the body of Christ. And that brung, that's what brung up all these denominations because people are confused. They won't say they are. They're mixing it up together, and then everybody got their own belief what they believe in the Bible. They're putting the whole Bible together and trying to put it to themselves. We all was brought up in the church and the denominational teachers, meaning different churches, all denominations, a lot of them the same, but you can have many different, you got many different Baptist churches, hundreds and hundreds of different type of Baptist churches. Why? Because of uh, 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 differences of what they believe about the Bible, correct? Different type of Pentecostal churches. Why? Because of the different type of beliefs of what they believe about the Bible. Holiness churches, Pentecostal, Lutheran, Catholic. Presbyterian, whatever way you pronounce it. Different type of teachings out of the Bible because of certain beliefs in the Bible. Okay? You got that. Why so many much confusion? Why so much, oh, excuse me for that noise. Why so much confusion? Because they're putting up Israel's program and mixing it up with the Body of Christ program. They're putting the two programs together. Master plan by Satan, because he don't want you to know about the grace program. He don't know. He don't want, to, want us to know about the full grace program. That's why you got the majority of the churches teaches about the kingdom and reads out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John more than they do out of the letters of Paul. And churches today now, they teach from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Old Testament. A lot of Baptist churches teaches out of the Paul's teachings. They got it somewhat. They got it somewhat. Teaches out of, uh, out of the teachings of Paul. But the majority of the, denom- the denominational churches teaches out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and a lot of the Old Testament. Some of them because they like the signs and wonders and miracles. Some because they like the prosperity message, even though it's not a really prosperity message in the Bible. Yeah, it really isn't. Not the way the Bible says it. But they just made their own uh, tradition of teaching out of prosperity. Well, either way it go, because of the confusion of taking so many different teachings out of the Bible, mixing the two churches together, which is the kingdom of heaven church and the body of Christ, and mixing it together, and they're not going to be, it's going to come out always confused, because it's like water and oil. You cannot mix them together. 
when you pour that oil in, that oil just goes right to the top or to the bottom, one of them. And it just looks weird. You cannot mix them together. You will be confused. That's what's going on with the church, the so-called church today. I'm not talking about church goers. I'm talking about even people that's in the body of Christ don't understand the body of Christ. They think they're part of the kingdom. They think the kingdom is the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is the kingdom. Okay? Ooh, getting heartburn. Getting heartburn. Maybe something I ate. Well, this is an introduction of what I'm going to be trying to do scriptural. I'm going to bring some scriptures. I'm going to let you look at some scriptures that's going to let you hear yourself and write these scriptures down please and go over this uh, audio as many times as you can and you will see the difference and this is not all of it this is just some that should open up your eyes about the the way Jesus taught excuse me, and Peter taught compared to the Apostle Paul excuse me <clears throat> uh, excuse me well anyway that's what I'm going to be doing in the next week or so. I say week because uh, it takes a little time, you know, and it's, I'm going to be a lot doing more verse-by-verse verse Bible teaching because I think that's important now because of what's going on now and people of the church, the body of Christ, need to understand their Bibles. You know, we all learn together. While I'm teaching, I learn. I learn daily, man. Long The more I get in the Bible, the more I learn. And then I... I, I set it out there. I teach others. I learn. It's so much I learn even within the last six months to a year that I've learned, even though I've been saved over 35 years, but learning to rightly divide God's word the correct way. And I don't say it out of bold cockiness, but I say it out of confidence now. Okay? Difference of being arrogant and being confident. That's the difference. I'm just confident, more confident now in my belief. Not in an arrogant way, but in a confident way that brings boldness. Like the Apostle Paul, bring boldness. Like the teaching of Peter, the people was amazed of their boldness. You know, Jesus being bold because of the confidence of believing what the word is really saying. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not arrogance, it's just confidence when it comes to the word of God. All right. What I'm going to do now, to prove what I'm saying, I like, I like to say I like to let the word of God prove himself by what the word of God is saying. I'm going to somewhat do a verse, verse comparison. I've never done this before, but I'm going to do it in a different way. I'm going to go through certain sayings and certain scriptures that Jesus mentioned the kingdom of heaven. You know, in the book of Matthew, Jesus mentions the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of heaven, excuse me, is mentioned over 33 times itself, just in the book of Matthew. Why the book of Matthew? Because the book of Matthew presents Jesus as king. So more emphasis on him being king, so the kingdom of heaven is used or said over 33 times in the book of Matthew itself. When you get to the book of Luke, it's mostly saying the kingdom of God, the book of Mark, mostly the kingdom of God, and the book of John interchangeably and stuff like that. Now, what's the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God? Is it because they're used interchangeably? You could look at it that way, but the main difference is the kingdom of God 
is the whole universe. The kingdom of God is that he's the most high. He's got control and power over both of the churches, the kingdom of heaven program and the gospel of the grace program. God, everything comes through the kingdom of God. He's the ruler and number one authority over both of the programs, over everything, earth and heaven and spiritual things. That's the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of heaven is a city. The kingdom of heaven is where the Israel and the Jews and Jesus is going to reign on earth, the kingdom of heaven. So it's, it's just like making a circle. What's in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the body of Christ is in the kingdom of God. Okay? Do you get that now? The kingdom of heaven and the body of Christ is in the kingdom of God. So when you hear the kingdom of God, it's, it's meaning back in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's meaning the kingdom of heaven as well because everything is manifested through the kingdom of God. God, the most high, you know, the possessor of heaven and earth is ruler over everything. So when you, when God, Pastor Paul mentions the kingdom of God, he's talking about God's whole total awesome, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient power, the kingdom of God ruler of everything. In that circle, what's in the circle? The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is in that circle. I mean, the kingdom of heaven, uh, Israel's program, and the church, the body of Christ. Both of them are churches, but one is the kingdom of heaven and one is the body of Christ. Both of them are all part of the kingdom of God. You understand that? Okay, so that's when, don't get confused. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of heaven is a city that's going to be dwelt by the Israel and Israel, the Jews, and it's going and, and other nations as well in the future. But it's most is going to be ran by the Israel. It's going to be ran by the Jews in their position ways. But their king is going to be Jesus, their promised king from the prophets that prophesied, that foretold their Messiah and their king on earth. <coughs> On earth. That's the kingdom of heaven. The body of Christ is Jesus' heavenly ministry, which he was a secret, was never revealed to no one but the Apostle Paul. Okay? Starting in Acts 9. Now, the whole transition mostly goes to Acts 13 because Paul had to go through a few Jewish temples that let teach them, you know, about who Jesus was. But when he went to the Gentiles, he taught what Jesus done. But when you see, so you won't be confused, when he went to the synagogue, he was not teaching the gospel of grace. He was teaching them who Jesus was because they had to believe that Jesus still was their Messiah and their king. Do you understand that? So, <clears throat> again, the kingdom of heaven is for Israel. That's going to be in the future. It's supposed to have been in the past, but it was postponed because of the unbelief of the Jews. You can find that breakdown somewhat only in the teachings of the Apostle Paul starting in Acts 11. Okay, Acts 11. What breaks down the branch and the root. Anytime you hear like the branch and the root and the trees and the branches is mostly talking about Jesus or it's talking about Israel. Now, but the, really the Gentiles is talking about Israel. Those type of terminologies and stuff like that based on Israel, the Jews, okay? You understand that? <clears throat> so that's the kingdom of heaven. The future kingdom that's going to be ran on earth. After the tribulation period, after the seven-year tribulation period, 
Let me just put the after the rapture, the catching away of the church, the body of Christ, Jesus Heavenly Program. Okay. There's going to be a, there's going to be a seven year tribulation. I believe after three and a half years after the peace treaty, uh, the Antichrist is going to break that peace treaty after three and a half years. I believe that's when anti that's when Satan will get kicked out of the heavenly places because he's calling shots. And the second heaven is now, not the third heaven, because he got kicked out the first heaven. That's how he was able to deceive Adam, and he wound up in the heavenly places. Him and the fallen angels that thousands and thousands and thousands followed him and the heavenly places in the atmosphere. This time he's going to get kicked out of the heavenly places. The second heavens, and he's going to be kicked down on the earth, and he's going to rule on earth in the physical form and the copycat of the Antichrist, the same way God was in Jesus, Satan is going to be in the Antichrist, okay? All that's going to happen, I believe, after the three and a half millennial reign, where Israel will be persecuted. There will be a purging. There will be a cleansing. Jesus is going to separate the wheat from the tares. There's a lot of his parables. He broke that down in his parables. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a lot of time, mostly in Matthew, he broke down his parables. The separation, he talked about the net. He talked about the separation of the church. He talked about the wheat and the tares. He talked about the finding of the pearls. Matthew 24, he talked about the snatching away, which is not the rapture. But he's talking about judgment for the unsaved and judgment for the ones that's going to be in the millennium kingdom. So mostly Jesus' parables was preparing the little flock and the listeners for the millennium, millennium thousand year reign on earth. And his parables is basically for the, talking about a lot of separation between the wheat and the tares. Remember, wheat and the tares, wheat is good, tares is bad. That's why he talked about the wheat and the tares. It's going to be a purge. It's going to be separation. I remember that. He was telling a story, and they asked him, should we pull them all up together? I'm paraphrasing, but he said, no, let them all grow together, and then at harvest time, that's when he comes. He's going to do the separation, but he's giving an illustration. He's going to separate them. Let them grow together. It's just like you're growing plants or flowers. What comes around it sometimes, if you don't, if you don't cultivate it, cultivate it, it's going to be weeds. So what you do, you just get your plants and you separate it. And what do you do? You throw the weeds to the side and you keep the flowers, the good flowers. That's an illustration that Jesus is talking about in the millennial kingdom before he ran his millennial kingdom. He's going to separate the wheat from the tares, the evil from the good. So a lot of his parables is talking about that. He's talking about the end times. He's talking about his reign. He's talking about the day of the Lord. He's talking about the tribulation period, okay? I'm giving you a short history on the kingdom program. So who's going to be in a pink kingdom program? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 apostles, and all the past saints before the body of Christ, before the church started. The past saints, all the saints that died in the past, they're going to be in that millennium kingdom. Then you're going to have that resurrection. They're going to some going to be resurrected. It's going to reign in the millennium kingdom. You know, the bride of Christ. Now, who is the bride of Christ? Many people, we was talking in church that the bride of Christ was the body of Christ. That's the, that's the confusion of putting the kingdom and the church together. The bride of Christ it's really not mentioned in the Bible. The bride of Christ, uh, the Bible talks about the bride, the, the, the new Jerusalem came down like a bride. The bride is the new Jerusalem. It's not any people. It's not the body of Christ. It's not even Israel. It's the new Jerusalem. That's the bride of Christ, adorned like a bride, the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation. But Israel is going to be there. 
And this is the fullness of time. So the bride of Christ is really Israel. It's about the new Jerusalem for Israel. The body of Christ is already in the heavenly places. So the body of Christ, the church today, under the Apostle Paul, is not the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is the new Jerusalem, according to the book of Revelation. I think there's 19 or 21, the book of Revelation. Read it carefully. Especially the King James, read it carefully. You will see that the bride of Christ, Christ is actually the, the new Jerusalem. But the Israel will dwell there. All of that is after uh, the millennium kingdom. After the thousand year reign on earth. And that's a long time. People will live longer in a thousand year reign. There will still be marriages. There still will be babies. So it will be lots, it will be millions and millions and billions of people in the millennial reign. Okay? The new kingdom. That's before the new heaven and earth. Because God's going to destroy the earth after the millennial reign. And he's going to destroy the heaven because of the fallen angels. Because the book of Job talks about the corruption of what happened from Satan and the angels. So it, the heavens is corrupted. God will make a new heaven and he will make a new earth. Heavens as in earth and heavens as in heaven. Okay? So I know I'm, I'm, a lot of this you probably never heard before, but it's all in the Bible. And I'm just doing this little bit of this by memory. Okay, so I might be missing a lot of things or missing a lot of things, but it has something to do with that. I'm trying to give you a picture of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven, Israel, not the body of Christ. Kingdom of heaven, Israel, signs and wonders, tithing for the Levite priests, and there was never money. Baptizing in water, Old Testament called it cleansing. That's why John the Baptist came and baptized them in water. For what? To get them prepared for to be what? Priests. Not the body of Christ is never called to be priests. Paul never talks about the church. The body of Christ is they being priests. It was always Israel. If you read your Bible correctly and slowly and rightly divided and connect the dots. Israel. Okay? That stops a lot of confusion. Israel. All right? Okay? I'm going to stop right there because of time constraints. Long introduction because this is very important. This is very important because I'm trying to give you a little fast run through and I haven't even got the scriptures that tells you the importance of Israel and the kingdom of heaven. The church. You have different churches in the Bible. You have the church of the wilderness. When they walked in the wilderness, the old prophets in the time of Moses, that was a church in the wilderness. Even Stephen talked about that when he was giving a long sermon to his persecutors in Acts 7. The church in the wilderness is the church. Church just means ecclesia, just means assembling, a gathering, gathering together of different, of same beliefs. So the church in the wilderness, that's a church. Then you have the church of the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus said on this rock of what Peter said, he said on this rock. Now, Peter is not the rock. It's what Peter said. That's another traditional misinterpretational wrong teaching in the church today. Peter is not the rock. The Catholic always say Peter is the rock. No, Peter is not the rock. It's that foundation what Peter said. When he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It was like Jesus said, yeah, on that saying or what you saying, I will build my what? My church. That's another church. That's the kingdom church. Then you have the church, the body of Christ. The body of Christ is an organism. Who's the head of the church? Jesus Christ is the head. All the body of Christ is the body. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a metaphor of a physical body. 
The Kingdom Church is a nation. It's a program. It's national. The body of Christ is individual. Everybody can get saved through the body of Christ. There's no wall of perdition. The kingdom church is a nationality. It's a national church. Israel. They're going to do that great commission. The 144,000 virgins that's in Revelation is going to go out to all the world. It was never for the body of Christ to do that. It was for Israel to do that. They're going to bring in different nations and different kings and stuff like that. All these things is pertaining to the kingdom of heaven, millennium reign on church, Christ being their king, okay? I'm giving you this breakdown of the kingdom of heaven now because that's being taught in church. I can see it all on Facebook. They're talking about kingdom programs. Now, they're not going to go to hell because they're talking about that, but they mislead people when they say we need to bring our kingdom, we need to usher in the kingdom. No, you don't. That's not in the scriptures. The kingdom of heaven will not be ushered in by man. We don't have to fight to let Jesus' kingdom come in. No, it's never going to be ushered in by man. It's going to be ushered in by God. Jesus will be the king. Kingdom of millennium kingdom will be set up. If you are a true believer, you ain't going to be here anyway. You're going to be in something even better in the heavenly places. The kingdom of heaven will be ushered in by Jesus. Jesus will come back on his white horse. He's going to wipe out a lot of the... He's going to do his harvesting, like the book of Matthew and Luke talks about. He's going to do his separation, and he's going to reign on earth. That's going to be very disciplined. He's going to reign like a dictator, a good dictator. Not the evil ones, but a good dictator. The law. Now, what law is going to come? There will be laws coming back. I don't know if it's going to be the same as the old law, but remember, that's going to be the beginning of the New Testament. It's going to be wrote in their hearts, not on paper, not on stone. That's the New Testament. The body of Christ is not the New Testament. The New Testament is for who? Israel. That's going to be the New Testament. It's going to be written on, heart and on their hearts. See? See how that, that little explaining right there should have to give you an idea. A lot of terms that's used in the church today, it's not for the church today. It was for Israel. That's why a lot of things don't work today. The New Testament is opposite of the Old Testament. Both Testament is for Israel. It's not for the church. The New Testament saints are Israel for the Millennium Kingdom. The body of Christ is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the new creation. For the heavenly places. Two different programs. Okay, I'll get back to this later with some scriptures. This is Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots. I hope you got something out this introduction. This is just a format of when I'm going to be throwing some scriptures at you to tell you there is a difference between the two programs, the gospel and the teachings of Jesus' earthly ministry and Jesus' heavenly ministry, one to the 12 apostles, Peter and all them, and the other one to the apostle Paul. Stay tuned for that in the future. God bless you. Love you all. Time constraints. Get me. Love you, y'all. Peace out. Bye-bye.